Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Uh, you know, let me just let me just say this. I'm just a house, and people say that I'm scary. Standing up here and looking, in, looking down at you guys, you guys are the real scary ones. Uh, and so this past Thanksgiving break, I had the blessed opportunity to go home to Jamaica um, for the first time in three years. And I found out something to my tragedy, that I could not do a sermon in Jamaican. I'm at these churches speaking to Jamaicans, and I had to be convincing my own people that I'm one of them. Because, you know, like, sermons is like an art that you refine each and every day. But the thing is, I've been refining my art here with you guys in America, and every time I do a sermon, it's with my American accent. And so I've been refining, refining, and polishing my, 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 my public speaking abilities um, with you guys. And I went back home to Jamaica, and I couldn't talk in Jamaican. And they were like, oh, he's American. I'm like, no, I'm one of you guys, please. <laughs> I had to be convincing my own people that I'm one of them, right? Um, without, further, without further ado, um, hopefully, I won't hold you guys too long. I know it's finals time, and we all want to go back and get our stuff done. Um, so let's get on with it. Get on with it. Get on with it. So today's scripture reading comes from Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, and it reads thus. And I'm reading from the NLT version. I think it's a little bit more clear. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the ages. And so while I'm, while I'm reading this, I can only imagine the tension in the room when the book of Matthew is being read and how the tension probably spiked when reading these last few verses. And then Matthew just ends his gospel account. I'm reading this and... Most of us know that the book of Matthew is written to a Jewish audience, and I can imagine how the tension got higher when they were reading that Jesus was doing all that he was doing and certain things he was doing with the Gentiles. I can imagine that that was making the Jewish audience a little bit uncomfortable. What is he doing mingling with the Gentiles? Hmm. But I can, but I can also see and imagine how this tension climaxed when for the first time ever in the book of Matthew, Jesus sends his disciples to spread the good news, even to the Gentile world. Previously, at least previously, the tension was somewhat contained. Okay, at least the rabbi is telling his disciples to stay away from the Gentiles. Matthew 10, verses 5 and 6, it says, These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So I can imagine that there's this tension when they're reading the book of um, 
Matthew's account of Jesus. And he's there, and the, and the Jews are reading, and the tension is building. And while the tension is there is being built, I can imagine them saying, at least he's telling his disciples to stay away from the Gentiles. But then for the first time ever towards the end of the book of Matthew, Jesus then commissions his disciples to share the good news to even the Gentile world. Then Matthew just ends his account. I can imagine the tension. What? He's telling, the gent he's telling his disciples to go to the Gentiles? But I think Matthew was doing this for a specific reason. I think he ended his account this way to leave the Jews to wrestle with what God is actually doing. And I will say this, for me, apart from the death and resurrection of Jesus, I think that this is the height of the entire Bible. Bear in mind, from Genesis to Revelation, man has, separate, man, man has been separated from God. Jesus came and shed his blood for you and me to reconcile us back into right relationship with him. And he decided to use you and me to bring a hope to the world that is perishing around us. We can so easily neglect this. And I say to you guys, very easily, many of us on a day-to-day -day basis neglect the Great Commission. Whether it's to share the gospel with the man at the gas station, or it is to go overseas to the lady in some store, we so easily neglect the very last command of Jesus given in the book of Matthew. Some of us don't even share our faith at all. For whatever reason we don't share our faith, uh, I don't know how to, I don't feel equipped. But can I ask you guys a question by a show of hands? How many people have a testimony about what God has been doing in their lives? By a show of another hand, can I, if you guys have another testimony, can I see another hand? If you guys have a third testimony about God, let me see your third hand. Just playing. <laughs> Hopefully you guys don't have a third hand. But hear this, hear this. There are people in this world without a single testimony about God. There are people in this world who are perishing on a day-to-day -day basis who don't have a single testimony about what God has been doing in this world. And all they need, all they need is someone to simply come alongside them and give them the hope that God has done written in the book of Matthew. As I said earlier, I had the opportunity to go back home to Jamaica and a lot happened. It was like an, it was, it was like an intensive. But I remember specifically one night, the church that I paired up with, we did a form of evangelism that where we essentially had church service out in the local community. So we set up loudspeakers and we're praising God, we're singing songs, we're testifying, we're reading scriptures in the local community. And I remember particularly this one man waltzed right past us aimlessly and sits down like 10 meters away from us. And bear in mind, these are loudspeakers. It's a little bit obnoxious, I'm not gonna lie. And he just sat down close to us, listening intently. And so I first set up the courage to go over there and just talk to him. 
And for many of us who do evangelize, we know that there's like a little tension or anxiety when it, when it comes to going out and sharing our faith or just talking to anyone. But I saw this guy and I fessed up the courage to go over there and talk to him. And essentially, I had a gospel track in my hand. And uh, I walked over to him and I was like, here. He was hesitant to take it. And so essentially, I said to him, basically in Jamaican, I was like, um, why are you acting as if you don't want the gospel? The first thing he proceeds to say is, I'm a backslider. And so I said, hmm, tell me a little bit about that. This guy immediately opens up like a floodgate tells me everything that's going on in his life, how he almost committed suicide. His wife disappeared on him, took everything out of the house. He said, and I remember clearly, he said she didn't even leave a pot cover in the house. He said he opened the door and all that was there is his clothes on the ground. And I can just imagine, as a young man that's not married yet, I can only imagine the heartbreak that this man was feeling. And so he said that he went to the bridge to jump over. Prior to me reaching to Jamaica, there were like torrential rains. So the rivers were like gushing, raging water. If he had jumped, he would have definitely died. And so he went to the river and to the bridge and he was going to jump and kill himself. He said he was done. And he said to me, right before he jumped, he felt something tug his shirt back. And so right then and there, he got up and went back. And so I'm listening to this gentleman, and I'm, as, as he's telling me his story, I'm listening, and then I just proceed to tell him all that the Holy Spirit's putting on my heart. The only thing that I did was share my God story with this man, what God has been doing with my, in, in my life, how he's been providing for me. Right then and there, he decided to give his life to the Holy Spirit, to God. And all I did... All I did was bring him hope of Jesus. This man went from being hopeless and wanting to throw his life away to receiving hope and receiving eternal life. So I'm telling you guys, sharing your faith is not a science. We're here at CIU and I talk to many of you guys. It's not a science. We don't need to first study and master it and then develop some sort of method in sharing your faith. No, 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 no. It's none of that. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4, he says, And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speech, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is Paul who we're talking about. Paul is a Pharisee of Pharisee, entrusted with the oracles of God from the tribe of Benjamin. Plus, he went away for another three years to relearn scriptures in Christ. If we're talking about academic, Paul is an academic. But he said, with all this knowledge, with all this background knowledge that Paul had, he said that he desired to know nothing among them except Christ and him crucified, and that he shared the good news with them, simple and plain so that the power may rest in the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying to share your faith, the only prerequisite that is needed is the Holy Spirit. So I ask you guys, do you guys have the Holy Spirit? And if your answer is yes, 
Why don't you share your faith? <sighs> Can I take it a little step further? Can I take it a little step further? Some of us only share our faith when it comes to a mission trip. Essentially, what you're saying is that for three quarters of the year, the world around us can perish. And I'll demonstrate my love for the world by going out to them for less than a quarter of the year. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Not for a quarter of the year, but he gave his only begotten son for us. And so many of us here at CIU, we walk past the man that is perishing on a day-to-day basis and feel the need to share the gospel with less than, with less than a quarter of the year. That is totally absurd. We can be so selfish at times. We get so caught up in our own lives that there's a world out there that's perishing on a day-to-day basis and all that is needed to give them hope is the power of the Holy Spirit. And you guys have it. We have it. And I include myself. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have so many God stories and there are people out there on a day-to-day basis who are perishing and all they need is for you and me to go out there and tell them about the hope of Jesus, that what he has been doing in my life. I went back to Jamaica and when I went back to Jamaica, I have this method that I use, a Ray Comfort method, where I uh, show people that are, you're not a good person. But I have this method that I use. And I went back to Jamaica and it didn't work at all. People are not processing anything about, uh, with, for, with those who are familiar with the Ray Comfort Method, it's basically a method where you show people that they're not good and um, you bridge to them, show, that, show them their dependence on Christ. But none of that mattered. And I was paired up with the head of the evangelism department from the church and I saw her in obedience to the Holy Spirit. All she was doing was testifying to them about what God has been doing in her life. And when I tell you guys that at that point, they became quiet and were listening so intently, I saw the Holy Spirit working in their hearts then and there. It wasn't the the, the fancy speech. It wasn't the method that I had developed. It was simply in the power of the Holy Spirit This lady sharing what God has been doing in her life. And that's what was reaching the people around me. But we can be so selfish. We we have everything that we need to bring this gospel around the world and to the person around the corner. And we don't. We can get so caught up in our own immediate lives and we stay within the four corners of the church while there's a world out there on a day-to-day basis perishing. And we neglect to do the very last thing that Jesus commanded to do. Brothers and sisters, get up and go. And before I close out, 
Uncle Richie passed away, and we're grieving. Rightfully so, we should be grieving. However, we have the hope that one day we're going to see Uncle Richie in everlasting life again with God. Yet still, there's a world out there that's perishing on a day-to-day basis who don't have this hope that you and I have. What does that say about our love for the world? Jesus said there's, that the entire law can be summed up in two things. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor. Yet still we see a world out there perishing on a day-to-day basis and we don't share our faith. And I'll close with this. I'm a student here at CIU, so I think I'm qualified to talk about this, I guess. But I'm a student here at CIU, and we have a subculture, and I'd really like to address this. I can walk up to 90% of the time, I can walk up to any one of you guys and ask them, when was the last time we had a bad speaker? I'll use that word, quote unquote, bad speaker. And we will remember. We will remember the, the last bad speaker we had, and we can dissect their, 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 their sermon, because we're all like common letter T theologians. We're like mini theologians. And we can dissect their sermon, oh, this was right versus this was wrong, this was right, this was wrong. And we can do that. But I've seen where good speakers have come, and they've, they've spoken, and all we tend to do, and I'm one of you guys, and, I, and I'm not isolating myself from you guys. And I've seen where good speakers come, share a message, and all we do is give it a stamp of approval. Oh yeah, it was a good sermon, and then the sermon dies in chapel, we move on with our lives, and we forget what was spoken. See, I'm not looking for approval from you guys, but rather, I pray that this will be a message to you guys that this won't just be another stamp of approval of whether it was good or bad, but I pray that you guys will listen to this and understand that there's a world out there perishing on a day-to-day basis, and you and I have the ability to go out and share the gospel. God decided to use you and me to share the gospel, and so I pray that this won't just be Another sermon that you guys hear, oh yeah, it was a good sermon, it was a decent sermon, oh, it was a terrible sermon. But I pray that you guys, that this will be a seed in your life for you guys to get up and go. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for all that you have done. I pray, Father God, that you will cause a change in your people's heart. Father, if it wasn't for the perishing world around us, you would have already been here, brought us into right right relationship with you, fully reconciled. But you're waiting for that one other person to accept you. So Father God, I pray that we will get up and go just as you commanded in Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20. Amen. Thank you, Andre.
We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.